Take your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12. We have gone a number of weeks uh, studying through chapter 11. And um, there's application. There's got to be application for us to gather in church and take the Word of God and, and study what God's saying to our hearts. And the walk out of here the same literally means that we did not receive what God said for us to receive. The Word of God changes us. The Word of God speaks to us. It is the very words of God that speaks to our hearts to tell us what He has next and what He has planned for us. And for us to face life, and we, do, we all face life, and for us to look back at what God did in, in the lives of all these people in the Bible, and, and for us to think those are cool stories. No, those are cool principles for us to apply to our life because as a parent, life is not easy. And marriage life is not easy. And ministry and pastoring and, and jobs, whatever, life is not easy. So God said that the way that you are to live is by faith. And faith is trusting God that he's going to guide me and bring me through whatever I'm facing. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for. But the evidence, I can't see. So the only way that I know that we're going to get through Whatever's coming next or whatever is going to happen in 2024 is I know with confidence that I can step forward and I can make a move and I can trust God because I know as long as I'm walking in the light and I'm walking with God, that God's already there, that God's got a plan and that God's with me. But when we have Christians that live in fear and we step out saying, I don't know what's happening and if so-and-so gets to become president and all this other stuff, where's your confidence because if it's not in God, you're going to run the other way. If we don't have faith in God, we will never step forward by faith to, 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 to do whatever God has for us. Because this world is changing fast. And God is not done with you. He's not done with your family. He's not done with your marriage. He's not done with Fellowship Baptist Church. And he's not done with me. God's not finished. But the only way we're ever going to experience what God has next for us is we've got to, in our hearts, in our heads, know that God's in control, that I'm going to step forward. When the storms come, I'm going to step forward. When life's falling apart, I'm going to step forward. When the economy changes, because the only way to move forward is by faith. But how do you do that? Because a lot of people receive the messages, that sounds great. If everybody was stepping by faith, we'd have, <laughs> we'd have moves of God all over the place. We would be experiencing God healing in our marriages and healing and, 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 and working in our churches and, and doing the things that we want God to do to bring revival and bring change. Because remember, without faith, it is impossible to please, please God. It's impossible. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You want the reward? You want to see the manifestation of the power of God? You want to see? And this isn't naming, claiming. This is not me declaring it. God's just saying, walk by faith. It's as much for you as it was for the people in the Bible. Notice this. Hebrews 11. You say, Pastor Tony, I'm just, I'm not that person. I, I didn't grow up in church. Man, because sometimes we have this, this thought that I'm walking into a room with a bunch of people that have all figured out, you know, like uh, these, these people that stand on the stage, they got it all figured out for, for these people that know the songs, they don't have to keep staring at the screens and all this, they have it all figured out. But I'm, I, I want you to understand that 
Know my heart when I say this. When it comes to faith, none of us have what it takes. None of us. And I, I think that's the thing. It's like, I'm, I'm going to do it this time, and I'm going to have a better year, and I'm going I'm to be like Abraham. I'm going to be like Joshua. I'm going I'm, I'm to have that faith of Noah. But I'm telling you, you don't have what it takes. And that's why we fail so many times, because we make up in our mind, I'm going to do it this time. This is it. I'm going to be that man of God. I'm going to be the husband. I'm going I'm, I'm to live it out in front of my kids. That's why we need Hebrews 12 to wrap things up. It says Hebrews 12, 1, wherefore, the wherefore is talking about, let me continue the thought of what we just read about all these people of the Bible that lived out their faith. Remember what you just, wherefore is seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. This is, you've got the story of Rahab that fell, uh, was in, in sin and living in a pagan society and God saved her and God used her. You've got the story of Jacob that messed up, but you've got that story. You've got Abraham that was a friend of God. You've got Noah that built a boat in the middle of a crazy situation. You've got this great cloud of witnesses, great crowd of examples giving us examples of what God can do. We're surrounded by this. And he's, this, this passage that we're familiar, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. But the part of this that I want you to understand, after it talks about everybody in the Bible, it says this twice in this passage, let us, let us. It's not just about what God has done. It's not just about the people that God has used. There's application to it that God says, let Fellowship Baptist Church, let 2024 be a year to experience God working in us. So whoever you are, this passage applies to you that God's talking about. It's our turn to live by faith. It's our turn to run the race, to face the challenges, to embrace the mission. Some of us are like, I want it so bad. I want to trust God. But man, it's such a challenge. It's a challenge for all of us. So let me close this series out of just simply putting it like this. This is how to live by faith. Without these steps right here, it's just not going to work. Number, number one, here, here is looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. This applies to everyone here. Here's how to live by faith. You've got to go to the source of faith. You've got to go to the source. It's never going to be found in a church building. It's never going to be found in a pastor. It's never going to be found in a life group. It is Jesus and only Jesus. Now, I know we go to church to find Jesus, but let me tell you, Jesus is everywhere. It's not just in the, uh, the, the, the spiritual things that we lift up in our lives. It's, he is the, Jesus is the author of our faith. He's the source, the supply, the originator. It's not about you trying harder. It's not trying to change your mind. Faith is a work that God does in our hearts. It is about faith. It is about what God does in our lives. It is what God wants to do in our lives. Nate, you got a minute. Can you all come up here, Brother Lapish? Yes, sir, come up here. Let me demonstrate this to you. Now, here's what the Bible says. Like, okay, if, if Jesus is the originator, that's where it comes from. Help me with this. All right, you got your Bible. So the Bible says this. Okay, open your Bible. This is what the Bible says. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when we say, where is the original? Where does faith come from? It comes right from this. Now, if we, if we come to church, this is what we do. We're going to the source of this, but this is what's cool. This is not just a book. This is the very words of God. Do you understand that every time Nathan does this and he's sitting in there studying the word of God as the preacher is preaching it, God is speaking not just to Nathan, but to Nathan's heart. 
this is where it starts. To, to just get out of the boat and say, I'll follow you, Jesus. No, it doesn't start there. Just, I'm going to make up my mind to be a better Christian. It doesn't start there. It starts right here because faith, literally, it, it's, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So this is what happens. This is how it translates. When you think, I'm not that type of person, or I don't have what it takes, this is what God is doing. God is literally, as we're doing this, speaking to our hearts, saying, Nathan, I did it then. I'll do it in you. To be the man of God that you need to be, you've got to put me first. Nathan, I know you're scared. And I know life is challenging. And I know what you're out there. But I'll tell you, when you listen to me, I will make your way straight. I will open doors. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We're listening to the words of God hit our heart. That is why it's so important that you go to a Bible preaching church. It has to be where they say, take your Bibles. This is what thus saith the Lord says, and we live it because it's the same thing in worship. As we're worshiping, man, we put our attention on Jesus. And as we're worshiping and proclaiming the names of Jesus Christ, and I love the names of Jesus Christ, God in that presence is saying, that's who I am. I know you're scared. But remember, as you're taking communion, I died for your sins. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Thank you, Nate. That is it. So all the things that we try to do and try is like faith is an action and faith is getting out of the boat and faith is moving forward. Nothing makes sense. And faith is putting God first and all the different things that we've learned about faith. But I'm telling you, you've got to go to the source of faith because it is God that speaks to your heart as a dad to tell you he's got it when you don't. Let me give you an illustration of this. Take Peter getting out of the water. Imagine him in the boat and the storm is raging and they're, they're, they're just trying to hold on for dear life. Jesus comes walking on the water. Jesus calls out to Peter, calls out to the disciples, says, I be not afraid. And then he says to him, Peter, come out of the boat because Peter said, can I come to you? Why in the world did he have the guts to be able to do what was impossible? Because he listened to the voice of his God. So the rest of the disciples are out there like, Peter, we don't walk on water. Peter, that's Jesus, not you. Peter, and he got out. You say, why is that possible? Peter got out of the boat, looked at him and said, because he said I could. That is where our confidence comes from. He is the author of our faith. He's the originator of our faith. If, you, if you're going to any other resource to try to find this, let God speak to your heart. Because when you read the word of God and you worship God and you study the word of God and you hear the preaching, God speaks to our heads that reaches to our hearts that change you from the inside out. So when you're facing not getting out of the boat, but you're facing whatever job God's going to give to you or ministry opportunity or being a dad when you've never been a dad, God speaks to your heart and says, follow me, I've got this. But it doesn't just say that. The Bible goes on to say, that, um, explaining this, that he's the author of our faith, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He is not only the author of your faith, Jesus is the sustainer of your faith. Trust in the sustainer of your faith. This is, this is just laid out clearly in this passage. He is the author. Literally, this is where it starts. God speaks to our hearts. He originates this. But then he is the finisher of our faith. You know what finish means? When God called you to be a parent, and God calls you into marriage, and God calls you into ministry, God calls you to whatever it is, God says, I'm going to see you through. That's what the finisher of your faith is. 
he not only starts it, the Bible literally means the finisher, literally means he completes it. God is in the journey with you. Just make sure the journey you're on is from God. A lot of times it's all falling apart. It's like God says, I didn't put you there. I didn't bring you to that. I didn't have you date that person. I didn't put you in that job. I didn't pull you from God in that way. Trust in the sustainer of your life. It's the author and finisher of your faith. God doesn't fail. I, t- I take you to the story that we did, and we went into detail. When, when God brought them to the Red Sea, God opened the Red Sea, God brought them to the other side, and then the army is charging towards them, and you're thinking, what am I going to do? God says, I started this. I brought you here. I will finish this. And God brought the waters back over their enemies, and in front of their eyes, they were able to see the deliverance of God covering their past. For the rest of their life, they're not looking over their shoulders. God saw them heal their past. It's easier said than done. The Bible says, being confident in this very thing, that he which began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Whatever journey you are on, God's going to see you through. Now, we've got to remember this because we, we lose sight in the middle of the journey. Man, I, I'm, pre- I'm preaching to myself as we do this. So this coming Thursday, we go to Cleveland Clinic to get scans. These will be the first scans after radiation. First scans after all this craziness. And we're just going to go in. We don't know what to expect whatsoever. And it could be blurred because of the inflammation of the cancer, because of the radiation. But sometimes it's just like, oh, I hate seeing anybody that's ever been through this. Scans are terrible because it unveils things that you don't know. And then God reminds me, Tony, how did you get to Cleveland Clinic? I brought you there. Tony, how did you even have radiation? They said it was impossible. I made that happen. How are you talking about surgery on January 5th when the doctor at OSU said surgery is not an option? Now you have a date for surgery. I did that. You know why? Because he's not the only the author of our faith. He's the finisher of our faith. He brings us through it. But the thing is, I have to trust God all through it. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. But notice this in verse 2, he says, looking unto Jesus. The trick, the tool, the importance of this is you've got to keep your eyes on Jesus. This is so important. As you're walking by faith, you're going to get distracted by everything. Do you know how easy it is to look to the left and the right and for your heart to fail? Now, I think of this with Peter. Let me go back to Peter walking on the water because I think that's a huge visual of God calling us by faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I hear you, Lord. I'm going to do something crazy that I would not normally do because I trust in the voice of the one calling me, okay? So here, Peter is getting out of it, but did he make it all the way to Jesus without failing? Who can tell me? No, he didn't. He sunk. Now, did he sink because he kept his eyes on Jesus? He sunk because he took his eyes off of Jesus. As he's walking to Jesus, he got distracted with the waves and the thunder and the the lightning and maybe even the voices behind him going, Peter, you're crazy. What are you doing, bro? You know, just like this isn't going to work out. It is so easy sometimes to start the faith journey. And then you listen to the voices, you see the things around us and you know, the stats and the statistics and all these things. And I, we've had our dips up and down as we've gone through this crazy journey. And one week last year, I did three funerals. All three people died of cancer. 
For when you're going through this and you're just constantly reminded, reminded, it is easy to be like, oh, you know, you get so focused. Here's the thing. This is what Jesus wanted Peter to do as he's walking through the storm. As it's raging, all this, the sass, the statistics, the people, the doubts, all these things around. Jesus is saying, Peter, <laughs> right here, buddy. Who called you? Who told you to get out of the boat? Who's taking every step on water by faith? Put your eyes on Jesus. And I'm telling you, if you don't keep your focus on Jesus next year, you will fall and sink. Do you know why he had to put this in the passage? Because this is not what we normally do. When the doctor tells you this, when the society tells you this, when stats tell you this, Jesus said, whoa, wait a minute, tune those things out. I'm the author and finisher of your faith. You better look unto me. This is where your focus comes. Pastor Tony, I'm trying. I'm trying so hard, but I feel like I'm falling. I do good one week, and then I, then I fall apart the next week. Let me go back to verse 1 again, okay? Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside the weight in the sin which so death easily beset us. It, this is a running illustration. Now, here's what's interesting about this passage. How many of you have heard somebody preach about running the race and preach that before? Raise your hand. You're in church. Just everybody. Okay. It's not your first time. You're not like, I've never heard this. But here's what's interesting to me. Oftentimes we just preach uh, Hebrews 12, 1 by and 2 by itself, but not comparing it to Hebrews 11. Do you understand when he said, I'm the author and finisher of the faith, he's looking back at what everything that happened in chapter 11. He's talking about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And he's like, that's cute. Let me show you how this actually happens. Don't don't put your eyes on Abraham and Isaac. Don't even inspire. I mean, uh, David can inspire us. And I said, one day I hope to have the faith of David. That's great. I hope that I can live out and have a story like David. But I'm not David. And and you're you're not Rahab. You're not Esther. You're not all these other people. I've got to understand that God's got a story for me. They're the example, but the whole focus and attention is looking unto Jesus. And he's given this example that a lot of you are failing and falling on your face. And he gives this running illustration. He said, you know what's happening? You're trying to run and live the life in a way that you weren't created. He said, you've got to lay aside the weights and the sin, which so does easily, easily beset us. Now, take the application of this. He didn't just say sin, because a lot of times we go, I know sin will mess me up. There's no way that I'm going to be able to walk this journey when I'm living in sin. But he said the weights. I'm not a runner. I never claimed to be a runner. But I can tell you, I've done the 5Ks, and that's where I tap out right there. It's just not my thing. I get get winded just running through the church to get to the other side. I'm I'm not that type of person. But I do know this, if you're going to run the race, if you're going to run any kind of 5K or half marathon or marathon, you take everything off that's going to weigh you down. If not, you get worn out before you even need to, because the weights that are on you wear you out. Now think about this. What is weighing you down from being able to spend time with God? If this, if Nathan doesn't have to come up here, but let me just illustrate. If this is where faith comes from, because God speaks to my heart, God speaks to my head. God speaks to the inner man. God, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to dividing asunder of soul and spirit. This is where life change happens. This is where men go from being an apathetic dad to a passionate dad. This is where that mom that says, I'm just trying to keep my head above water to coming to being a person of faith. It starts right here. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And faith is moving forward when nothing makes sense. The only way you're ever going to have it is right here.
But all of us will admit, Pastor Tony, I know that's true, but I'll go an entire day and not have time for this. I'll go a week and not have time for this. If we're going to run the race, it is time to set some things aside. Let go of the things that hold you back. You have to. It's not just the sin. The Bible is talking about the weights that hold us back. It it could be that sport that runs you ragged, that you're exhausted all the time. It it could be that uh, overtime that you're pushing for all the time. It could be the trips that you do. It could be Netflix. It doesn't have to be sin. The Bible says to lay aside the sin and the weights. Anything that's going to hold you back from running the race because you're not tapped into the one that gives you the strength, it's time to lay some things aside and the sin. A lot of us have messed up. There's things from your past that you say, I know I am so ashamed of the things that I've done. I've made mistakes in my life. And you are held back by that. It's easy to say, just let it go. But can I illustrate this for a minute? You know, the Bible was saying in verse two, it says, for the joy, listen to this, for the joy that was set before him. Do you know who the joy was that was set before him? This is how you lay aside the weight. We're holding on to this. This, Whatever this is, this is guilt. I I was a terrible parent growing up. My my kids don't listen to me. They, They hate my guts. They'll never listen to me about God. This is that guilt. Maybe it's the fact that you've been divorced and you, you made it happen because you messed up so much. You're not using ministry now because you've made so many mistakes that when you think about getting on the stage to sing in the choir or be part of a, a, a teaching class or whatever, you're consumed with guilt because of what you've done. And you're held back. David was held back. He said, my sin is ever before me. I can't let go of this. So it's weights and sin. But whatever it is, you're not running the race. You're not, you're not pushing forward. You're not doing the things that God wants you to do because you're so consumed. And no matter what, you say, I know God forgives and I know God is good. I know God is faithful, but I can't get over this. Lay aside. It's tied into verse two. For the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Listen to this, despising the shame. You've got to understand what God is saying here. He's saying, yes, you can lay it down because whatever that weight is that you're holding on to, he took that shame. He took that embarrassment. He said, let me have it. Let me have it. He took it, died on the cross because of the joy. You are the joy. You You are the love that he's talking about in John 3.16. Because he's saying, I'm tired of Christians not running the race and reflecting back at the people of the Old Testament and not living it out for themselves because they're consumed with what they have. So listen to this. He said, for the joy that was set before him endured endured the cross, despising the same shame, and is set down at the right hand of the Father. So this is what Jesus did. Get the visual of this because the running thing is a visual of this. He took whatever that was, the shame. They stripped Jesus on the cross. We try to make it cute. He was brutally murdered, stripped, and embarrassed. Shameful death on the cross as a thief when he was the king of kings and lord of lords. Doesn't matter how bad the embarrassment is from your shame of your past. God took it on the cross. He died on the cross. We just remembered that through the 
the, the blood that we talked about. He died, he paid for it. They took the body of Jesus off the tomb. That literally your sin was crucified. They stuck it in a tomb, it was buried. But Jesus came out victorious. Do you understand where he's at now? The Bible says this, look at the verse, and is set down at the right hand of the Father. He sat down because it's finished. Why are you holding on? Why are you holding on? Why are you trying to run as a mom with that guilt from the past? Why are you holding on to the mistakes of your past? God looks at us literally saying, look unto me. I'm sitting down because it's been dealt with. I paid for it on the cross when he said it is finished. The visual of that is he's up in heaven, not trying to deal with your sin, sitting at the right hand of the father saying, it's already been dealt with. Stop trying to run with what you weren't created to have. Your sin is paid for. It's covered under the blood of Jesus Christ. And the last thing that he says in there is it's time to run. Let us run with patience. You know what the word patience means? Endurance. You don't have to run from January then fall on your face in February next month or next year. You don't have to do that. Bible says, I'm going to give you the faith where God's working in our lives that he said, I'm the author. I'm the finisher. I will, I will help you raise your kids. I will get you through that ministry. I will, I will restore whatever's broken. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. So just to clarify, you don't have it. With it. You don't have it. You don't have what it takes. You don't have it in you. You can keep trying and keep trying. You know where it's found? He's the author and the finisher of your faith. He does it through you.